Our scripture from 1 John 1, 1 through 4 this morning. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at our at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. The Word of God. As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, we've been in this sermon series called Bless, and it's this uh, intentional look on evangelism, and it's, and it's not one of those where it's trying to figure out like, like who in the church is supposed to do this, and then, and then who can kind of just sit back and be like, those are our evangelists, those people. Right? I mean, that sounds nice in some ways, but I don't see it in the Bible, so that's where I kind of have a problem with it. Um, what, what it actually is, is this call that, that when you follow Jesus, that's, that's not solely a one-on-one thing with you and God that, that should reflect into your relationships with other people. It actually, your relationship with God should matter with, with how you relate to others. And as you see others in your life that, uh, that you love, that are, that are close to you, that are precious to you, especially those that are far from Jesus, uh, that, it, that it should break our hearts a little bit. And, and I think that's how God works often in our world. I, I fully believe the Holy Spirit can just, could just take a hold of someone's life and, and do radical things. But what I see more often than not is, is believers, Christians, that come alongside people. That come alongside them, that walk with them in the power of the Spirit, with, with God with them. But they come alongside, and, and it's the call of, of these normal, everyday Christians that that they come alongside someone and somehow through that relationship, somehow through that experience, people are drawn to Jesus. And Jesus starts working in, in someone's life and then, and then sometimes it takes someone else to, to recognize it and to point it out and, and amazing things start to happen and there's connections that are made. But, but that's, that's just what it means to follow Jesus. Right? That's, that's just part of what you signed up for. If you're a Christian, if, if you follow him, if, if you've uh, dedicated your life in that way and you said, I want to be a disciple of Christ, this is, this is just part of the job description. It's, it's not just about eternity. It's about how we live right now. It's about how we live in relationships with other people. So, so evangelism is something that the church as a whole is called to do. And sometimes that looks different than simply saying, I'm going to invite my friend to church and then hope that the pastor does evangelism, right? I mean, I feel like that's been, like, that's been the model in the church for, for a long time, at least the church in America. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of like our, our standard, and I've done it too, uh, where, where you bring a friend or, or a loved one, and you're like, oh, come to church, and then you're like, wow, I really hope Pastor John preaches directly to them today. Uh, and then we like call it evangelism on our part, right? We're like, Oh, I really hope he like shares who Jesus is, you know. And it's it's almost like we've like removed ourselves from the equation because because we're just like normal Christians, and he's like the professional one, who's like on a stage, and and like we'll let him do his thing, and then and then we can just like sign off saying, "Yep, yeah, we we did our part." 
nah, God didn't work this time. Well, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. You know, I, I say jokingly, but there is, there's just a little bit of truth there, right? In, in our own minds, in our own, how we even view it. Like, it's, when's the last time you shared with someone your story and, and how Jesus, why Jesus matters to you? Uh, when's the last time you shared that with, with someone close to you? Not someone that you know already agrees, right? That's not that hard. Like if you go to a small group or you go to a Bible study and you're like, uh, Jesus did this amazing thing in my life. It's like, well, that seems very safe and that's good to do. We can give testimonies on, on who God is. But, but what about people that, that you're not sure are following Jesus? What about people that you know are not, are not necessarily disciples of Christ, but yet, but yet you think God has put it on your heart that you're just going to share what God has done in your own life. That gets a little harder, right? Gets a little more, you all got a little stiffer. You're like, eh, I don't know about that. That seems really odd. Well, I've given you five weeks to be thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, we began with prayer, and, and then we talked about listening with care, and then, and then eating together, and then, and then serving with love, serving that prayer. And now, now we're to the point of sharing your story. This is like where the rubber meets the road. And this is one of those sermon series that, that, quite frankly, if we all just dedicated ourselves to it as a church, I mean, look, look around. Look how many people are here. I mean, our, our surrounding area is not that big, the town that we're in, right? So if we all, like, did this, lived this life, uh, we're, we're just like, I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to live the Christian life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek out people. I'm going to see what, who God's put on my heart, and, and I'm going to actually approach them and listen to them and care about them and, and, and spend social time with them and and eat together, and serve them, and, and I want to share who Jesus is with people in our life. Can you imagine if a whole church did that? They, were, they would be a, like a new town. They would be, I mean, it would be amazing, right? So, so even if a sliver of you do, I, I consider it a victory, but uh, I feel like sometimes I sell the Holy Spirit short. You know, as a pastor, I look at a series like this, and I'm like, well, even in my mind, I'm like, even if like 5 to 10% of them like did the whole thing, uh, that would be really good. But, but I don't think that Jesus necessarily looks at the church and says, even if 5 to 10% of them did this thing, then that's his goal. Like he's called these people out, he's saved these people, he's, he's recognized them, and he's like, well, if, if 10% of them live it out in their everyday lives, um, I'm not sure that's like, I'm not sure it's biblical. I'm not, I'm not sure it's what, what we're actually called to do. It seems like this is just par for the course. This is just, this is just the journey of following Jesus and, and pointing others closer to him. And he's, he has saved us not just from something, but to something. To, to be a kind of people that live life in a certain way and, and interact with others in a certain way. Our scripture reading today is from uh, 1 John chapter 1, and here we're at the very, very beginning of the book of 1 John. It's right in his introduction, um, and he's, he's letting his readers know what this book is going to be about, and it's going to be about his experience with Jesus and how the, that experience was real and how that experience was true. So what John is not necessarily setting out to do here is he's not going to tell you some kind of uh, theory or try to convince you on, on who Jesus is. He's not going to tell you a bunch of theology and then, and then you're going to try to figure out, like, do I want to follow that or not? John is coming to, uh, to his readers and he's saying, 
I was with Jesus. I, I, was, a, I was living life a certain way, and then, and then there was a moment, and like Jesus called him, and it changed his life. It changed everything about his life. And, and here we find John, and, and most scholars think he's probably towards the, the latter half, towards the end of his life, and he's reflecting back on his whole life, and, and he's looking at it, and he's like, how do I explain this to people? How do I explain what, what Jesus did in my life? And, and why that's such good news is that I feel like a lot of us are, are there, right? We, we've been living life a certain way, and then all of a sudden there was, there was this time, maybe it was a season, maybe it was a moment where, where Jesus like broke in to our life, and he changed our story. And he changed it forever. And, and what does it look like to actually share that with other people? What does it look like to step far outside of most of our comfort zones? Uh, be vulnerable and to share with people on who Jesus is. So here, uh, I think uh, John 1 gives us a good outline uh, of what exactly we're talking about here. And I'll read it for you again. Um, it goes like this. This is First John, John uh, 1, 1 through 4. Again, the very beginning uh, of this book. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So here's a little hint as we come to Scripture like this. Sometimes it almost feels like it's written backwards. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Like, if you come to the Bible and you're like, I had to read that four times to figure out what, what this guy was trying to say. Right? It feels like it's written a little backwards. So, so if we just back up, we're talking about his relationship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And, and he's saying, I'm, I'm going to tell you about, about this relationship. And, and, he goes, and he goes backwards in time all the way to the beginning. That which was from the beginning, and, and we heard it, and we saw it with our own eyes. Remember, he, he saw Jesus. He walked with Jesus, right? So, so he's going to say, I'm going to give you a testimony of, of this Jesus that I walked with, that I, that I saw, that I looked at, I touched with my own hands. He entered into my life, and it changed everything. So I have a few takeaways uh, from this this scripture here, and the first one is this. God has been at work from the beginning, and yet God is active today. God, God has been at work from the beginning, and God is active today. The beginning of the, the text here. That which was from the beginning, which we heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, and, and we looked upon, and we touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This language closely mirrors uh, the gospel of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Many of us, we have our own stories of God working in us. God working in our lives, God working in our world. There's, there's, there's this time where, where maybe we were just like minding our own business, doing our own thing, following our own lives, and then out of nowhere, God showed up. Out of nowhere, God showed up, and he made a difference. And, and I look even in like the Gospel of John, chapter 4, we see the Samaritan woman, and she's at the well, right? And she's minding her own business. She's, she's drawing water from the well, and, and Jesus shows up. And Jesus engages her in conversation, and they have this, this deep theological discussion, and then all of a sudden it shifts, and he starts telling her about her own story. And part of what I love about this text so much is he tells her about her own story, and her response is, is then she leaves, and she goes into the town, and she starts telling them about who Jesus is. She starts telling the people in the town about, about who Jesus is, and we're told that, that many who heard her story came to know Jesus. They came to connect with him. They knew who he was deeply. Because she told her story. Right? Because, because when she had an experience with God, she didn't just keep it that way. It wasn't just only her own story. Her story was there so that she could connect with others. So that she could reach out and, and tell that story to others. And because of that, they then drew near to Jesus. I find this to be really good news because most of us, we, we've had some kind of experience with God. That's kind of my assumption going into some Something's happened in your life. There's a reason you're here. There's a reason you're in this room and, and, and God has encountered you in a really special way. And then many of us, at least in the modern church, many of us just don't tell that story. We turn around, we live the rest of our lives, and, and maybe we come alongside people that have had similar experiences, and, and we, I don't know, marry them and uh, live, live life with them, right? But, but we don't really like go outside of them and be like, this, this is what happened. This is the story in my life. When God called me to be his disciple. The second takeaway I have here is that God's activity in this world is, it's authentic. It's real. God, God is still doing things in this world. Let's, let's look at verse 2 here. This life was revealed. We have seen it and we testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. Note that John says that the word of life, meaning Jesus was revealed to him and revealed to the disciples. This is not some Jesus hide-and-go-seek kind of life. Jesus wasn't like hiding and they were like, they were like seeking this, this knowledge or this treasure and then all of a sudden they like, came to, to see who Jesus was and decided to follow him. Like Jesus, Jesus came to them in their normal lives. They didn't have to search for him. When Jesus came and chose his disciples, they were just 
doing what they did <laughs> in life, and somehow they had an encounter that, that changed everything. Jesus came, we're told in Scripture, he came to seek and to save the lost. So when we pray for people, we can pray in confidence knowing that, that God is already seeking them, that he wishes for them to be saved, that, that you didn't start this process, that, that when you began with prayer, it wasn't the first time that God thought of this person, all right? I mean, it sounds a little funny, but, but it's true. Sometimes we can almost like trick ourselves into thinking that, that like we're the primary players on what's going on here. But, but God has been seeking after these people, and, and when you opened up and you started to pray, I, I, I believe that, that what you were actually praying was that God was going to make you part of this equation. Now, you might not have known it back then. I don't want to tell you right away, because that is kind of intimidating, right? But, but I think when you pray to God and you say, this, this person, God, you've put on my heart, I, I, I really want them to know you, then, then God is like, okay, I'm going to equip you then. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know that, that amazing experience you had when you met me? Like, why don't we use that to move forward? And, and, and it's not just as simple as like, I'm going to step back and just let God do God's thing. Sometimes God does that, but that's not even most of our stories. Right, if you think about your own story, how many, how many people came alongside you? In that journey, especially in the early days when when you were discovering uh, who Christ was and what he meant to you, people came alongside you, most of you, right? Even even in these precious moments of of different things being revealed in different ways, it it was through the lips of others, right? It was other believers that came alongside you and, and, and pulled you forward into faith. So you didn't know it, but you were praying to be that person. You're, you're at least praying to be part of that equation. The third takeaway I have here is that we need to share how God is at work in our lives, or how God has been at work in our lives. Verses 3 and 4. We proclaim to you that we have seen and we have heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. John closes his introduction by explaining what the whole thing is about in the first place. That we need to share our stories. That we need to reach out with the good news of who Jesus is. Our our own story and how God has been at work and the message of Jesus Christ, they go hand in hand in this experience. And, and we're called to share it so that this other person will, will know a Savior. That they will know that, that they don't have to do this alone. There's this, there's this little book that, that I like to read and, and, uh, and actually reminded me of it this morning because we have it on, on the Bibles that we have you know, around church. And it says, you know, if you need a Bible... Uh, at home, if you don't have one, please take one. Um, and we attach this other book to it that's called How Good is Good Enough. I'll let you in on a secret. It's not about being good enough. Many other religions are. 
When we look at world religions, many of them are like, how good is good enough? What's, what's the standard? Am I, am I living up to the standard? Christianity is not. Christianity is about being forgiven. It's about having a savior. It's about recognizing that there is, there's, I cannot be good enough. That I need Jesus. That I need the cross. I need the empty tomb. I, I need Good Friday. I need Easter. That the whole point of all of this is, is Jesus. Before being a lead pastor, I, I did you know, associate pastor stuff and a lot of youth ministry stuff. And, uh, and I would help with this organization called Young Life. I'm sure many of you have heard of Young Life. Uh, I didn't like run a club, but as a, a youth pastor in town, I would, I would be like a primary volunteer that was there all the time. Uh, and help out both with middle schoolers, which is called Wildlife, which is a great middle school uh, ministry name. Uh, and then Young Life was like the high schoolers. Uh, and a big thing in Young Life, uh, and I think it's helpful for all of us, is that they try to get young people to share their own story. They try to, to get young people to come in front with their peers uh, in front of them and, and to share what God has done in their lives. And there's this really easy technique. It's called the three-story technique. Uh, very common in young life. So, so there's three stories that you're going to tell. And it's really as simple as this. So if you want to share who Jesus is uh, to someone that you've been praying for, uh, just tell these three stories. The first one is called my story. Just tell your own story. What has God done in your life? What, is, what has been going on? It could be uh, a certain moment that made a big difference. It could be, could be the moment that you started following Jesus. It doesn't, doesn't matter how you do it. Uh, you just share a part of your story. The second story that you're going to tell is called God's story. So that's uh, what we always did with, with teenagers was we uh, heard their story and then as leaders helped connect them to a Bible story that connected somehow. What, what's going on in Scripture? Was there some, some situation that was similar and, and you're able to, to share your own story and then share God's story, actually open up God's Word and say, and, and this is what was going on you know, when... Uh, Matthew, the tax collector, was called, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. This is a story I've connected with. But then it doesn't end there. In the three-story technique, the third one is called our story. And that's like a call forward in time. There's this idea that if you just share your own story and you share God's story, then, then that's good enough. But what, what does it mean for us? What, is, what does it mean in application? What does it mean for me? And, and this is often the shortest part of the story, but, it, but it's the hardest for us as Christians to kind of say. It, it's the part where you say, I think this is true for you too. I, I don't think that I was the only one that needed a Savior. I think the application is going forward. That, that we, need to, we need to make that connection, and we can't just assume that they're going to connect the dots. Right, so, so we share our own story, we open scripture, we share God's story, and then we, there's some kind of call forward to say, I think this can be true for you too. Isn't this good news? Aren't you so glad that, that you don't have to be good enough? Because I was striving to be good enough for so long. And, and when, I, when I found a savior, it just changed my life. You know, as, as I think more and more uh, about this, this sermon, I, I think of this experience, and I said in the beginning, like, 
if even just a few of us do it, you know, it would make such a huge difference. But, but if many, many of us took this calling seriously, and it doesn't say, like, share your story by Christmas. You know, it just, it just means, like, work through this process. Don't, don't give up on prayer. Don't, don't give up on reaching out and listening to these people. I, I don't know what God's doing in their life. I have people that I have been doing this process with for literally years. That, that the relationship is there, that you've been walking alongside them, and, and it doesn't mean I'm like, I don't just like stop here and just like decide that's good enough. Like that, that's not my call to make. Right? I, I pray for opportunities. How can I serve them? Lord, open doors that I can share uh, the story of who you are in their lives. So, the, so this isn't like a five-week sermon series, get it done in five weeks, you know, kind of thing. This is, you're playing the long game here. <laughs> you're playing the long game, mean, meaning you care enough about these people that, that you're going to continue to walk in this. But what I think we often miss out on in the church is, is this idea that we have a role to play. You know, when we look at Scripture, I'm uh, what comes to my mind is Romans 10. Romans 10, 14, and 15 um, will probably sound familiar here. I'll just read it for you. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. This is not a Bible verse just about pastors and missionaries. This is a Bible verse of what it means to follow Jesus. How can they... How can they hear about him? How, how do they know him unless somebody goes? Unless somebody actually, actually does this part. Right? We, we don't want to just, just coast and have that be good enough. I was praying about how to end this sermon series, and, and this is uh, what I came up with. Is, is I wanted to like, do a commissioning. So commissioning, it's this thing in, in churches that goes all the way back to the book of Acts, and, and it's often done when missionaries are sent uh, out, and, and the church gathers around them, and they, they pray, and they, uh, they do laying on of hands, and, and that goes way back into the Old Testament. It means as you go, like, like you're going representing all of us. Um, as, as you go, it, it represents everyone. So I'm going to do a commissioning for all of you. Because I, I think God has a mission for you. So this is a, this is a shorter version of, of a commissioning that, that would typically be done uh, in, a, in a church here. So, so I'm going to commission you all as missionaries into your own, I don't know, friend groups, into your own families, and into your own world here. Dear friends, as we take part in this celebration of the blessing and commissioning. We are reliving a practice of the early church. As we read in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit set apart 
Saul and Barnabas for the work of mission. And the church in Antioch, after fasting and praying, laid hands on them and sent them out. The early church eagerly sent its members to other people to assist those who were already of the household of faith and those that did not believe yet in Christ. Today we are sending you out as sisters and brothers to serve the needs of the church throughout the world, near and far. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So now clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth with our hands of love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name, Lord God, we send those. Amen. Amen.